The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week... On the Chicago Bears review, as the NFL draft draws closer, the league released the 2016 schedule on Thursday, therefore laying out the path between our beloved and the promised land of Houston's Reliance Stadium and Super Bowl 51. How does that path look, and how does Larry D think the Bears will navigate it? All of this and so much more on the 2016 schedule release episode of the Chicago Bears review. It is such a hurry up and wait time of year for the NFL, but it's also extremely exciting because it means that the day that we're waiting for is getting closer and closer. What's going on, everybody? Larry D back for the schedule release review episode of the Chicago Bears review. And last night around 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, the NFL released the 2016 schedule, and um, I'm not really going to get into specifics with the rest of the schedule. To tell you the truth, I really didn't pay much attention uh, to it, and um, you know, you'll probably get an earful of that from us over at Ch- at the uh, Football is America uh, when we record that episode uh, this weekend. So uh, I'll leave the the general NFL schedule discussion to. Myself and and Ron and and, and Kyle, if Kyle feels like joining us this week. And, um, you know, we're going to focus mainly on the uh, on the Bears and our beloved uh, to find out, um, you know, how does the schedule turn out? I mean, we, we knew one thing for sure going in that this was not going to be the gauntlet that the Bears had to run last year to get through with. With Arizona, Seattle, and, and Green Bay in the first three games, um, you know, even when the schedule was released, it was like, oh man, I, I could not imagine a season starting out any rougher for anybody, let alone a team that was in, you know, rebuilding mode or, you know, in, in reset mode like the Bears were a year ago uh, at this time to have the schedule come out and fall the way it did last year. An absolute nightmare. And, it, of course, it unfolded exactly the way we thought it would as far as how the wins and losses uh, came about after those uh, first three games. But, um, you know, this year, no NFC West, no AFC West, so those divisions are gone. This year, it's the AFC South and the NFC East, the butthole of <laughs> of each of their respective conferences as far as how deep and dangerous those particular uh, divisions were it didn't really get much easier than the nfc east and the afc south uh last year so we knew we knew right off the bat that it was going to be one of the easier schedules as far as win loss in 2015 uh for our opponents was concerned and right out of the gate the bears have the 30th strongest or whatever you want to call the weakest uh you know like the third weakest schedule 
the Bears are like tied for 30th in the league as far as strength of schedule uh, for the for their uh, for their opponents. I think it's like it's well below 500 is the winning percentage for the teams that they are playing um, this year. So, you know, looking at it, uh, it's a it's an interesting schedule. I love the way that it plays out. But what I found most hilarious is that going through and everybody giving their opinion on wins and losses, struggling to give the Bears more than eight wins uh, this season, which I think is kind of uh, kind of ridiculous. But um, we'll dive uh, we'll dive into that, uh, you know, here in just a moment. But before we get to that, um, you know, I've had some horrible luck with the shows the last couple of weeks. Uh, because I had, obviously, you guys know we had Scott Wright uh, on the show last week, and two things have happened as far as bad luck with timing is concerned. Uh, last week, like literally like 20 minutes after I got off the call with um, with Scott and I'm editing the show together and it's you know ready to be posted and sent out, the preseason schedule came out. So that would have been fun to share that. Uh, with you guys we'll talk about that here uh, in a moment and it would also appear that I had Scott Wright on the show a week too early because we had him on last week when there's three weeks to go before the draft and no real activity or anything like that and then boom the huge bombshell of the Rams the LA Rams Los Angeles now uh, moving up from the 15th spot all the way to number one trading with the Titans to, to go up and get that number one pick and how having that basically reset the board as far as what mock drafts are looking like, who might fall where, who might go this place and that. I was texting back and forth with, with Scott Wright and, you know, like how does this change things for you with the Rams jumping all the way up from 15 to 1, obviously, to get a quarterback. And now where it was – you know, because Tennessee didn't need a quarterback at number one, you know, Laramie Tunsil, the offensive tackle from from Old Miss, or Jalen Ramsey, the corner from from Florida State, being the being the the heavy favorites for that spot. Now all of a sudden, where do those guys fall? And will other teams trade up because those guys weren't supposed to be there, but they're available a little bit later in you know in the top five than than they were originally thought to be and and so on. You know, all those fireworks and all that fun discussion didn't get to have it with Scott Wright because we had him on the show last week before any of that cool stuff happened. So kind of pissed about that. But, um, you know, just looking at that, that move alone, you know, it definitely means quarterbacks are most likely going one and two. Uh, in the first round, whether it's Goff and Wentz or the Wentz and then Goff. Number three, you know, is that where Tunsil goes to San Diego, somebody to block for Phillip Rivers? Do they take Jalen Ramsey, which I, I hear that they're in love with the guy? Then, you know, if Ramsey drops, you know, if they take Tunsil and Ramsey drops, do the Cowboys take him at four? Do they take Joey Boza? Do they take Miles Jack? And then five with with Jacksonville. You know, Bosa and Ramsey aren't supposed to be there uh, at five. Maybe they take, you know, one of those one of those guys. And then at six with Baltimore, you know, they're they're in sitting pretty in a position where they've got some you know, top three players that fell to them at number six. And, you know, how does that shuffle five picks later to win the Bears 
are picking. Maybe with the way that things are shuffled around and it, maybe it entices a few other teams to make some moves and, and everything. I mean, who's to say that with the six picks that, that Tennessee got that they don't find a way to trade themselves back into the top ten? Uh, at some point to get a to get another player to get uh, you know Ronnie Stanley or you know or, or somebody like that to, uh, to 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 you know still getting that left tackle and, and trading because they've got I think they got three two two number twos um, you know in the draft and they've you know they got all they got four picks for this season and uh, two for they got an, a one and a three for next year uh, Tennessee did. And I think they got a first and two twos in this round, uh, which re- replaces the second round pick they gave up for DeMarco Murray. So it's uh, an amazing uh, thing that Tennessee has done. Um, and who's to say that they're done wheeling and dealing? There could be a lot more fireworks on draft day. It certainly makes things a lot more interesting going into the draft because of the potential of what can happen now. Tennessee trading away the number one pick and the Rams making such a big jump certainly makes things interesting as far as, you know, it could entice other teams to make moves and, uh, you know, make teams nervous about moving up and going and getting this, this guy might drop and so on and so forth. I don't want this team to have him because I want to have him and, and so on. You know, how is that going to affect the Bears? Who might fall to them? You know, maybe DeForest Buckner does fall uh, to 11 and we get our hands on that big defensive end from uh, from Oregon and, and uh, you know, so on and so forth. We'll have to wait and see. Um, it would have been a lot more fun to have that discussion with Scott Wright than it was to just, you know, kind of slowly but surely unfold uh, what we did. Still loved having him on the show. Can't wait to have him back on after the draft, but it would have been a way cooler conversation to play out the scenarios of what the what the board's going to look like after that trade uh, than it was uh, to talk about it the week before. So, uh, anyway, real quickly, uh, as I said before, the uh, preseason schedule came out last week, and then a couple of days ago, the Bears went ahead and solidified the um, dates and times because they always come out with like ranges and you know stuff like that. The Bears nailed down the times, the dates and times of when these games are going to be taking place. Um, we start at home, week one in the preseason on Thursday. Um, Thursday, August the 11th, against the defending world champion, Denver Broncos. Then uh, following Thursday on the 18th, we're on the road at New England. Those are both night games. And then the dress rehearsal game is finally in Chicago. I can't remember the last time the Bears played a dress rehearsal game at home. It's been, a, it's been at least two or three years uh, since the Bears played this all-important game at home. This year it will be a matinee a Saturday noon start, noon central time, so 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, and so on. Uh, Saturday, August the 27th, at home at noon against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then wrapping up, as we always do, uh, September the 1st, the final Thursday uh, of the preseason at the Cleveland Browns. So the Bears at home with the Browns last year. This time we'll travel to the Browns, as they do each and every year, to uh, wrap up the uh the preseason so the all th- all three thursday games are night games probably around 7 seven thirty ish but that kansas city game that's the one that's interesting and frustrating for me because 
that weekend, August the 27th, is the weekend that I'm going to be in Las Vegas because my friends and I are a trivia team, and that's when the national championship is taking place in Las Vegas. Now, the game starts at noon in Chicago, which will be 10 o'clock in Vegas, but last year the trivia championship started at like noon, 1 o'clock, I want to say, so I would be missing part of the game if not all of it because last year I didn't get to see any of the Bears and Bengals game because it wasn't a national TV game therefore they weren't showing it at the sports book in the Rio where I was staying last year so another another year where I get to miss the dress rehearsal game and of course it's not a night game like it was last year instead it's in the morning basically a 10 a.m. start in Las Vegas uh, noon out here in the Midwest and you know who knows how that's going to uh, pan out, like if I even could go someplace to watch it or or whatnot. I mean, actually, I was looking just for the hell of it to see what to see if there are Chicago bear bars in Vegas. And there's there's a few of them, actually. So but I, like I said, you know, with the way that the, the trivia championship last year started at like one or so in the afternoon, it would still cause me to miss, you know, at least half of the dress rehearsal game if not all of it you know trying to get back and forth to get back in time uh for the for the contest to begin and so on and so so what a mess you know it's it's the all-important dress rehearsal game and i might end up missing it for the second year in a row so we'll uh <laughs> we'll keep you posted on that and just a little bit of drama for the hell of it but um anyway so there we go uh, home for denver at new england home for kc in the dress rehearsal game at cleveland to finish out the preseason so those four afc teams to uh, kick off the preseason schedule the bears went three and one last year in the preseason didn't translate much into you know success in the regular season but you know a good way to to get things uh, kicked off and we saw a lot of things in the preseason last year like I was absolutely sold on Jeremy Langford after seeing him perform uh, in the preseason something that came to fruition as the regular season went along with those performances against San Diego and especially his game uh, against the um, the Rams and now he's going to be our starting running back going into uh, the regular season this year that's where I kind of fell in love with with Jeremy Langford and where I felt that you know, Pace was validated in taking him a year after we took Kadeem Carey in, in the fourth round the year before. So I uh, really liked what I saw from Jeremy Langford, and we also saw some good things from Eddie Goldman and uh, Hironis Grassu, things like that. So, you know, we, we, we learned a lot of things, and, uh, you know, the uh, the coaching, we definitely saw there was a lot of better coaching uh, going on when our, when our uh, you know, our reserves were playing as well, if not better, than our starters deep into the game showing that uh you know the coaches are definitely earning their money because these young players are are, are in the spots and, and they know where to be and and we're playing well and not allowing a point i don't think in the entire preseason last year whenever those reserves were out there they really clamped down uh you know and shut them down so uh we'll see how it all unfolds when the preseason kicks off thursday august the 11th with the broncos so without further ado why don't you say we go ahead and talk about the main event here the regular season schedule for 2016 and how it will unfold for our beloved Chicago Bears. It's that time of year where you are literally counting down the seconds 
until that 7 p.m. schedule release show comes on and uh, you can find out how your favorite team, in this case, our beloved Chicago Bears, will have to navigate those choppy waters that is the NFL schedule to find out how, you know, will we be playing in the postseason for a change first time since 2010 and will it be the only the second time in the history of this wonderful show that i get to do some postseason episodes uh you know that would be a nice uh that would be nice to be able to uh to do that so but you know with uh with the improvements that the bears have made thus far in free agency um with how well ryan pace did with the draft and you know, total confidence he'll be able to duplicate that in some way or another with this year's draft, and we even have more picks to play with uh, this year. And the fact that the Bears have the second easiest schedule, I just saw as right between uh, segments here, the second easiest schedule in the league. Have to to think that um, we're gonna we're gonna do a bit better than we did. Uh, with last year's six and ten record, and you certainly have to think we're going to do way better than one and seven in Soldier Field and uh, three and thirteen over the past two seasons because we were two and six in 2014, one and seven last year with the Raiders being the Bears' one and only victory in Week Four. That was the only home win the Bears had uh, last season. I think we can certainly do. Uh, better than that so the schedule comes out and I wait with bated breath I go online and I look and I see the Chicago Bears are going to start on the road for the first time I think since 2009 I think that's what uh, what the what the reports are saying the first time since 2009 the Bears are starting on the road the last time was at Green Bay uh, on Sunday Night Football uh, Jay Cutler's debut uh, as a starting quarterback for the Bears, it turned out to be a quite disastrous uh, loss for him. But um, this time we're starting out on the road in Houston with the Texans on Sunday, September the 11th, the 15th anniversary of that horrible day, uh, as it would, uh, as it, uh, you know, the coincidence of that being. But, um, you know, it was a... Um, Houston Texas at Houston is interesting, uh, interesting uh, choice uh, for the uh, for the scheduling committee to give to the the Bears. Um, you know, it was looking at like facts, uh, comparing this year's schedule to last year's schedule. The Bears played five of eight playoff teams uh, on their schedule last year. This year, we're playing one uh, one playoff team. As far as our out-of-division opponents uh, are concerned, we only had one one team in the AFC East. And, uh, you know, where it's it's something I, f- I forget what they were saying. Now that I'm, I sound stupid right now. But anyway, the Texans being, you know, it's like we have we only have like three playoff teams, four playoff teams in the whole um, schedule this year. Where last year, the first three teams we played. Were, were playoff teams and you know this year it's Houston Green Bay Minnesota and uh Washington those are the those are the playoff teams this year I mean that's that's it 
Houston, they won the division basically by default last year. You know, Green Bay and Minnesota both made the playoffs last year. And then you have uh, Washington, who won their division. That's it. Four playoff teams. And we played three in the first three weeks last season. So that right there, definitely dealing with a much lighter schedule this time around. So we start on the road at Houston. Our home opener this year is a Monday night game against the Philadelphia Eagles. So with their changes and their, you know, the way that basically ownership just blew up the entire team after they fired Chip Kelly, uh, but they keep Sam Bradford. Go figure with that. They trade away Mark Sanchez, so I guess they're going all in with Bradford, who could very well be dead from his 93rd consecutive injury in the preseason or something like that. You know, who knows what Philadelphia is going to have uh, in store for the Bears week number two on Monday Night Football on ESPN. And then the following week, we go back out on the road, back to Texas, ironically, to play the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football on September the 25th. I think that I read that this is the first time the Bears have two Texas road games since 1992 when they played the Cowboys and the Oilers. Not the Houston Texans, but the Houston Oilers. Uh, in 92 they lost both of those games hopefully a trend the bears will be able to reverse 24 years uh, after the fact so the bears have been to jerry dome twice once in 2010 and again in 2012 we won both uh, of those games in rather convincing fashion especially that second one in 2012 it was a monday night game where the bears kind of put in tony romo's ass which was a lot of fun uh to watch that was a 2012 team was a fun team to watch with the, the turnovers and defensive touchdowns and so on that was that was a good time so that is september at houston home for philly on monday night then on the road again sunday night football at dallas those are our september games this year now on to october where because of the way the uh the calendar falls we got five october games this year the first one being at home against the detroit lions on october the 2nd then we go on the road at Indianapolis, a game that I am very much looking forward to because I am about 99% sure that is a game I will be attending this year. Uh, myself and Ron Rugg and Kyle Frank from the Football is America, myself and Ron are football fans. Kyle is the Colts fan, so we're thinking that why the hell not? We'll just head out and go see that one best of both worlds if you will both of our teams playing each other in indianapolis a great great stadium i've been there a couple of times with our good friend ryan simmons uh, who is a who is actually a colts uh, season ticket holder um been out there a couple of times once to see him play the 49ers when singletary was still the head coach and then in 2011 a very sad game to go to I think it was like week two or week three where they played the Cleveland Browns the year that Peyton Manning was hurt with the neck injury in 2011. So watching Kerry Collins suck the air out of the place against the Cleveland Browns, a pretty sad game to be in attendance for, one that they lost uh, as well. But, um, you know, going to be on, on the road October the 9th at Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Coming back home a week later on 16th of October, uh, week number six against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Very interested to see how the Jaguars turn out. You know, they, they've, aside from having a really bad luck with their top pick last year in Dante Fowler, who will be healthy and ready to go this year, 
Um, they've they've drafted. They've been drafting better, and they've been you know doing. They've been signing a lot of free agents, spending a lot of money, getting free agents, and they've made some big moves in this particular offseason. Malik Jackson, Prisa Mukamura, you know, among others, uh, you know, on the uh, in the free agency market this year. And, you know, Blake Bortles and their young wide receiving core. Uh, they went out and got Chris Ivory and their running back, uh, you know, tandem and such. Um, really interested to see how Jacksonville turns out. I mean, by the time we see them week six, should have a pretty good idea who the Jaguars are going to be uh, in 2016. So it's an interesting game that I am looking forward to there. But not near as interesting as the game that follows this, this one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Back to Thursday night football at Green Bay on at Lambeau Field. Return to the scene of the crime. The Bears ruining Brett Favre Jersey retirement night on Thanksgiving on national TV. The biggest win that the Bears had last year at Lambeau. Finally snapping that, uh, you know, breaking that curse, if you will, and and uh, you know, sending uh, Favre out with one last kick in the ass, if you will. Uh, from the Chicago Bears and um, you know what what a game that was just an awesome game edge of your seats you know they still had a chance to take it from the Bears at the end but the Bears held firm and and held on to the win and and such what a what a what an awesome experience uh, that was and the only reason the only reason I am not looking forward to this game is because from what I understand it's going to be one of those color rush games and I'm already like breaking out into hives just thinking about it because you guys know I am a self-professed quote-unquote uniform snob, okay? And if there's anything that I hated, <laughs> I actually I don't think there anything was that I, anything I hated more last year than the Color Rush uniforms on Thursday nights. Um, you know, Jacksonville and Tennessee, comes to mind you had uh you know you had uh jacksonville dressed in in baby turd you know brown from head to toe um you know and the the titans went with the powder blue which didn't really work um you know of course the the worst of it being the the condiment bowl with the the mustard rams against the ketchup buccaneers then everybody's favorite uh joke of a game between the uh the, uh, the you know the, your the colorblind bowl between the the gray uh, New York Jets and the gray um, Buffalo Bills playing on the gray field. So I'm sure that was fun to look at if you're colorblind, especially if you're red green colorblind. And those guys are playing a color rush game on Thursday Night Football again this year. So have fun with that, uh, you colorblind folks out there. And you know I'm just I'm just worried. Because the Bears and the Packers, along with teams like the Colts and the Raiders, the, you know, they have the, 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 the old school, you know, but still, still like modern and unique looking uniforms. The Steelers are um, among those, those teams as well. I, I do like that they have, I, I do like them better since they switched over to their, their style of numbers being on the jerseys as well instead of the block letters that they used to have but you know those are the like among the handful of teams that have uniforms that just don't need to be messed with 
The Bears are definitely one of them. Green Bay, I, I confess, is another one, along with, like I said, the teams like the Colts, the Raiders. Uh, you know, they just have like these old school uniforms that need no alterations. And the only way that it's going to work for me is if the is if the NFL does the Bears a solid and lets the color rush be the Bears going old school white from head to toe because um you know with them being the road team it most likely means they're going to be wearing their secondary color which would be orange and anyone who has listened to this show for any length of time knows I hated the orange pumpkin jerseys that the Bears would wear uh, once a year that they don't wear anymore. They go throwback instead of wearing those goddamn orange uh, jerseys. So to see the Bears wearing those orange and orange pants on top of it. Oh, God. Ugh, I just threw up in my mouth a little. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to see that. Nor do I want to see Green Bay wearing yellow from head to toe uh, in this game or wearing green pants for the first time ever or anything like these color rush things. They're just... They're not good ideas. The only time that I ever thought that it that it wasn't a complete eyesore was uh, on Thanksgiving, which thankfully the Bears and the Packers were not a color rush game on Thanksgiving last year. But the um, the Panthers and the Cowboys were a, a color rush game on on Thanksgiving last week, and the Cowboys went white with theirs, which looked good actually. That was like the only color rush uniform. I was like, yeah, I like that. And the Panthers. I don't remember what they did, but it didn't make me want to vomit. So I think maybe they went all black, if I'm not considering, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they wore blue. Maybe they went all black. I don't remember it. I don't. I just remember not being completely ill when I looked at it. It's like, yeah, that actually, that actually wasn't bad. So, um, you know, I'm hearing that that Thursday night game with the Bears on October 20th is supposed to be a color rush game. I just hope that it's you know that like i said they do the bears a solid and let them wear old school white from head to toe because I, I i didn't really even like it that one time the bears went went navy from top to bottom they played a monday night game against the packers back in 02 they wore dark bottoms with the dark tops uh not that it you know not only did it not look very good but the packers kicked our asses that night so those uniforms are bad luck i don't want to see them uh, out there so but any anything but but all orange I, I guess would be better so just so long as it's not all orange that would just look that would be atrocious I, I, I don't want to see that that I don't so anyway wasted enough time on that then the Bears finished the first half of their schedule after playing on Thursday night you know so basically two games inside of five days they play on October 16th and then on the 20th um, you know they come back week eight on Monday night, so they get an 11-day break from playing Green Bay. They get an 11-day break and finish out the first half of the schedule, week number eight, on Monday night football against the Minnesota Vikings at home. So the first, the Bears with the bye week dead set in the middle, like it was a couple years ago, I think in 2013, 2014, we had the week nine bye, right, right dead center in the, uh, in the middle uh, of the uh, schedule. All four, the Bears have four national TV appearances, all four of them before that bye week in week eight. We got week two and three, Monday night football against the Eagles, Sunday night football against the Cowboys, then week seven and eight, Thursday night football against the Packers, 
Monday Night Football against the Vikings. So, you know, we have a um, we have all three division opponents within those first eight games. So obviously that means we get you know an even. Um, even uh, you know three in the first half three in the second half so it's even on that front uh as well we get a bye week uh right in that first weekend of uh, november and then come back with back-to-back road games to start off the second half uh, of the schedule we play on sunday actually that's not true we play on uh, i'll get to that in just a minute but um you know pretty much on sunday every weekend for the rest of the year um uh, november 13th at tampa bay and then november 20th the following week at the giants so we go back to the meadowlands uh or metlife stadium if you want to be you know accurate about it uh to play the giants then we got back-to-back home games against the tennessee titans and san francisco 49ers and it's ironic that we're when we're playing the 49ers the exact same week almost to the day that we played the 49ers last year, that embarrassing overtime loss that the Bears had uh, to the 49ers. Uh, So many opportunities to win that game. All the mistakes the San Francisco, all the mistakes the Bears made, and they still had a chance uh, to win the game. Gold missed at least two field goals in it. If he makes one, the Bears win the game in regulation, but instead we go to overtime in San Francisco with the the hail mary heave there at the end with Tory Smith and just uh, what a ball breaker that game was man oh god that one sucked bad that one that one really that one really blew losing that game that sucked but um, we played them on Sunday December sixth last year um, on week thirteen this year we play on week thirteen Sunday December fourth in Soldier Field so basically uh, you know. Uh, second verse same as the first and hopefully we'll uh we'll be able to overcome this time around so we got tennessee and then san francisco to start off the month of december then on december 11th at detroit then we go back home for two more we home for green bay our last meeting uh with the packers and then because christmas day falls on a sunday this year um the, the NFL, you know, if you guys remember, the last time this happened was in 2011. And uh, it happened that basically the majority of the league played all their played. We had a, the Thursday night game, then like 90 percent of the league played their game on Christmas Eve, Saturday, the 24th. Then there was one game on Sunday night and it was the Bears and the Packers uh, who got their asses handed to them uh, out there in Lambeau. And then there was a Monday night game to finish out the schedule. Same thing this year. We got our Thursday night game. We have the majority of the league playing their games on Christmas Eve. Uh, Week number 16, the Bears will be home on Christmas Eve for the Washington Redskins. So another return to the scene of the crime kind of game where the Bears uh, lost the game they should have won against the Redskins uh, on Christmas Eve. And then you'll have a Christmas Day game and a Monday night game to finish out. Uh, week 16 and then finally week number 17 on the road finishing the schedule at minnesota so finishing the year in that brand new stadium which uh, i don't know if any of you guys have seen the headlines um the stadium for the new minnesota for the new minnesota viking stadium u.s bank uh stadium as it's going to be called a beautiful looking facility i can't wait to see it um is on Chicago Avenue or Chicago Street. Some, and they're frantically trying to get the name of that street changed 
before the season start. They don't want to have the Vikings playing on Chicago Street. So, uh, you know, the Bears will, will, will play on Chicago Street uh, to finish out the 2016 campaign on the first day of 2017, January the 1st at Minnesota to wrap up the year. So there's your schedule. Now, let's have some fun here. Let's uh, go through this thing, break it down, and, you know, we, we haven't made it. We, and obviously, we don't have our draft yet, so this is a very premature kind of running of the schedule here. But let's, let's have some fun with it, shall we? All right. So, week one, we're at Houston playing the Texans. I'm taking the Bears. I, you know, I, I, I know that J.J. Watt is going to give us some trouble, some trouble there, but Brock Osweiler, I don't see things working out for him in Houston. I just don't. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins could be a trouble, but um, you know, the Texans aren't in any position to draft a decent running back, and as far as I know, they haven't signed anybody worth talking about to replace Arian Foster. I mean, there's not much to replace. The guy was constantly injured, but um, you know. That is that situation is uh, what it is. But I like the Bears on the road at the Texans home on Monday Night Football against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll take the Bears there. I think the the, the Eagles might be a warm, you know, just a dumpster fire uh, this season while they try to transition from the tornado of shame that was the Chip Kelly era. Then on the road at the Cowboys now. This is the one where I kind of went back and forth on it. Like I said, we, we've made two trips out to the Jerry Dome. We were victorious in both of those cases. Um, you know, I do think the Cowboys are going to be a lot better this year than they were last year, especially if Romo is healthy. Um, you know, the offensive line is solid. Uh, they signed Alfred Morris. Um, you know, they're at number four. Maybe they might just trick us all and draft Ezekiel Elliott to be their new running back. I mean, who knows? Uh, stranger things have happened and and Jerry Jones loves to make a splash in the draft so you know he's in the best position to to, to take Elliot not exactly an area of need for them but you know that would certainly I think it certainly excite the fan base if I'm the Cowboys fan signing Ezekiel uh, drafting Ezekiel Elliot to uh to be your new running back would would uh you know maybe that happens maybe that would be exciting but uh, something tells me that's going to be a loss for the Bears. Maybe it's the whole, um, you know, national TV thing or, or whatever. Um, you know, maybe that's – I don't know. Something tells me that's going to be our first loss of the year is at Dallas, uh, week number three. Then we come home for Detroit. We are going to sweep the Lions this year, by God. That is going to happen, okay? We're not going to get swept by the Lions for the fourth year in a row. We are certainly not losing to them at home. Calvin Johnson is gone. Matt Stafford does not scare anybody. Uh, the Bears are better on defense, and we're going to get after Stafford. And um, yeah, that's we're going to stomp the we're going to stomp Detroit into the ground this year. We're not losing to the Lions. I, you're hearing that now. We're not losing to the Lions this year. Not in week number four. Not in week fourteen. I don't give a damn. We're winning both of those games this year. We are sweeping the Lions. So. Uh, we're taking that victory at home. That'll be a three and one start uh, for the Bears at Indianapolis, a week number five. The game in which I will be most likely be in attendance. Um, 
I do like the Bears' chances uh, in that one. Um, you know, aside from Andrew Luck, there's not really a whole lot going on with the Colts these days. However, the, you know, they are still a good football team. And, um, yeah, I I think the Bears can win. This is going to be one of those ones where I'm going to change my mind a thousand times between now and then, I'm sure. You know, like, I think the Bears can win this game. You know, for some reason, I just don't think they will. So we'll take a three and two game, three and two start there. Home for Jacksonville. You know, like I said, I'm intrigued by the Jaguars. I am. And I'm scared to death. This this game has trap game written all over it because we are four days away from our first rematch with the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night football. However, John Fox is better than that as far as a coach keeping his team focused. He will not let them look ahead at Green Bay. We will beat Jacksonville to go four and two. On the road at Green Bay, Thursday night football, short notice. It's a road trip for the Bears. At, you know, even though we were at home against Jacksonville the week before, you know, I I want to take the win. I, you know, I want to so badly, uh, but I'm going to say no and give that one to Green Bay uh, on the road Thursday night. We'll let we'll let Green Bay have that one. Four and three for the Bears. Home from Minnesota, the Bears will right the wrong that was, you know, breaking their home winning streak against Minnesota on Monday Night Football, and they will win there. So we go into the bye week at five and three. All right. Now, week number 10 after the week nine bye on the road to Tampa Bay. That's a win. So six and three uh, on the road at the Giants. Now, every every person that I've seen picking this game keeps giving it to the Giants. I'm not sure why. I, I really don't know why. I think on paper, right here, right now, the Bears are better than the Giants. On the road, at home, whatever. And I, you know, the, the Giants spent an insane amount of money on their defense this year. I just don't know if it's going to translate into wins and losses. And I, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm taking the Bears. So we're seven and three there. Home for the then we're back home. For the Tennessee Titans, I'm taking the win over Tennessee. Taking the win over San Francisco. That's nine and three. This is not looking okay. Yeah, well, the hell with it. We're just gonna keep going. So we're nine and three with the wins over Tennessee and San Francisco. We've won what five straight now? <laughs> after after losing to Green Bay on Thursday night football, which made us four and three. We're sitting nine and three going into Detroit game and I said we're sweeping Detroit so that's happening so now we're 10 and 3 probably in the playoffs now home for Green Bay damn it ah <laughs> uh, so uh, I might have to go back and reevaluate so the, screw it we're beating Green Bay at home assholes uh we're winning so 11 and 3 home for the Redskins yeah 12 and 3 12 and f we're not going to go 12 and 4 <laughs> Home uh, on the road at Minnesota, the Bears always lose that Minnesota game. Um, yeah, I, I'm uh, so uh, according to my genius here, we got twelve and four. Uh, that's um, that is wildly optimistic and completely unrealistic. I, I think everybody would agree with me there. I'm more in the um, you know nine and seven, ten and six range is I th is where I think this is going to fall so 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 maybe you know if we go back 
we give the Giants that game, so that's that's what six and four at that point. I and then I I still love you know beating Tennessee, beating San Francisco, beating Detroit. That's nine and four. And if you want to give Green Bay the sweep, you know nine and five, and then win Washington ten and five, and then at Minnesota ten and six. So that, that I guess that would make more sense uh, as far as that goes, but. That's also one of the pitfalls of having this schedule is that I think the Bears can win every game on the schedule. We know we can beat Green Bay. We did it with an inferior team last year. We can certainly do it, especially with the tools and everything that we have right now. And that's even before Pace and Fox work their magic on the draft. So, you know, I, I, I think 10-6 and six is definitely uh, achievable. Um, and if we get if we get lucky, if we get on a run, if – you know, the guys start buying in, maybe 12-4 and four isn't crazy. Who knows? I mean, that's definitely a, a, a biased, you know, looking through rose-colored glasses fan talking right there. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see how this is all going to uh, – see how it's all going to play out. You know, we got, uh, we got the you know, second easiest schedule in the league – and, um, you know, I was looking at somebody um, making their predictions and <laughs> they have um, as far as like, I think the Bears can sweep the AFC South for sure. I think that's that's, um, you know, you can I think that's definite. I think the Bears can definitely do that. I think especially if we win at Houston, sweeping the AFC South, I think is, you know, I think that that can definitely happen. But um, one uh, one person I ha- I saw uh, predicting uh, the Bears' season gave them a nine and seven record, but had them winning on the road at Houston and Indy, but losing at home to Jacksonville and Tennessee. It's like ah, if the Bears had to go two and two in the AFC South, I could see them losing the road games but winning the home games because the home games are Jacksonville and Tennessee. I just don't see us losing either of those games. You know, like I said, I, I definitely are, am intrigued by Jacksonville, but not so much that I'm going to give them an eight and eight record or, or anything. I just I I got to see it before I can believe it as far as the Jaguars are concerned, because we've seen them drafting in the top five for the better part of the last decade. And they're still picking in the top five again this year, you know, and even with the money that they spend in free agency, they're still picking in the top five every year. So. Um, you know, until they are the team that can, until it achieves actual results, I'm going to go ahead and give just about anybody a win over the Jaguars at this point. So we will have to wait and see how that uh, all unfolds. So, oh, so there it is. The NFL schedule for 2016 for our beloved Chicago Bears at Houston, home for Philly, at Dallas, Home for Detroit at Indy, home for Jacksonville at Green Bay, home for the Vikings. So it's we rotate those first eight games away, home, away, home, away, home. Yeah. So basically no no consecutive road games and and home games. And then the second half is all, you know, back to back home games, Tampa Bay and the Giants back to back home for uh, Tennessee and San Francisco, then at Detroit, then back-to-back home games at Green or versus Green Bay and Washington, and then finishing out on the road at Minnesota. And um, you know, 
I know it's only based on what happened last year, and, and a lot can change from one year to the next, but you know, I don't uh, think we're going to have any problems from the a- NFC East or the AFC South. So it's all going to boil down to how well the Bears handled their own division. We were 1-5 last year with that one victory coming at Green Bay uh, on Thanksgiving. We got swept by the Vikings and the Lions. I don't see that happening this year. I see us sweeping the Lions and splitting with Green Bay and Detroit. Or excuse me, Green Bay and uh, Minnesota. So that's a four and two record in the division. You know, that's uh, that's more about what we want to see this year. Um, you know, that's what we should see this year. Detroit, I think, is still trending down. Minnesota, I I don't know if they're going to make a leap forward or not and green bay is who they are right now so until somebody can dethrone them you got to go with green bay taking the division uh at, at this point so but uh you know we got the draft in in 13 days on the 28th is when the first round will kick off on thursday night in chicago looking forward uh to that so uh and then we'll be back uh later on the following week we'll have scott Wright back on talk about the bears draft and analyze the picks and you know he'll tell us what we what we need to know about the guys that are joining the team and uh you know kind of break down some other draft stuff as well you can also hear us uh on football is america talking about uh, the draft we did we also had scott right on last week uh as well uh talking more about general draft trends and things like that not so much giving us a breakdown with his mock draft or anything like that and uh, one last thing before I let you guys go, I started an Instagram account for the show, and, and right now it's just uh, making show announcements. So whatever the thumbnail or logo for that particular show is, is what my postings will be uh, on uh, Instagram at the moment. Throughout the season, you know, I'll, I'll be you know commenting on you know uh, transactions and moves and this, that, or the other, or you know re-sharing or whatever the hell it's called on instagram uh you know retweeting if you will on instagram what other uh you know bear players or what the bears themselves are are sharing out there and you know headlines and so on i want to stay a bit more active in the social media and like i said i'm still toying with the idea of doing snapchat as kind of like my knee-jerk reactions during uh the game so that's something that will be tested in the preseason and uh, see if I'd be able to hold focus long enough during the regular season to to do it. So we'll we'll still have to wait and see. The ne- they're still going to have knee jerk reactions like we do uh, on the review episodes each and every week. But uh, you know, maybe you get to see some uncensored. You know, what the hell was that call? Or this is referee needs to pull his head out of his what and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm sure you guys would would enjoy that seeing an unfiltered uh, Larry D. But uh, you know, like I said, still toying with the idea, so we'll see how that all goes. So, anyway, that is going to do it for the schedule release review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, when we have Scott right back on for the draft review uh, episode, and then we will slowly but surely work our way into our opponent preview episodes. I've started to reach out to some of the bloggers and SB Nation guys gotten a response from pretty much everyone in the nfc east at this point so i'm gonna start getting on the guys from the afc south and uh we all we know uh, that uh 
you know, Sander Phillips from uh, from Bucks Nation. That's one of our same place opponents, the Buccaneers, this year. And um, still looking for somebody to talk to me from the 49ers because I uh, didn't get anybody for San Fran last year. And uh, we're playing the 49ers at home again this year, so we'll see if we can get that worked out. But uh, anyway, starting to reach out to them, want to get those started because I want to do everybody this year, all 14 uh, opponents. We know we can get Evan Western, Jeremy Reisman, and uh, and uh, Chris Gates uh, for our for the the Packers, the Lions, and the Vikings, uh, respectively. We'll have them back on the show, um, you know, when those when it's time for them. But uh, we'll be introducing ourselves to some new friends this year from the AF from the NFC East and the AFC South, and uh, want to get everybody on the show. Uh, this year so um, that's what we're working on want to get started cranking those shows out in may sometime so that we'll have plenty of time to get those shows done before training camp gets started so uh, keep your eyes peeled uh, for those and um, in the meantime we'll be back in a couple of weeks with our draft review episode with scott wright so until then my name is larry d and this has been the chicago bears review There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. 
What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.